welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everybody, I have such a fantastic episode for you today. My guest is Lainey Schwartz, but you might know her better as Life is But a Dish on Instagram. She is everybody's best friend in the kitchen. I have been following Lainey for years now, and I have loved watching her grow her Instagram, share her recipes, share her life, share her two darling daughters, incorporate them in helping her cook. And she's really passionate about teaching and cooking. So like me, she was an elementary school teacher, but she turned from teaching in a classroom to teaching online through her food blog. And since day one, her mission has been to help busy home cooks gain confidence in the kitchen. And you'll hear her talk about her eight-week course, Cook With Confidence, that will help you to feel a little bit more or a lot more confident in the kitchen. I also love that all of her recipes are so approachable, and her approach is just delightful. She just exudes light and love through the screen, and that is why I love following her, and you are going to love her as well. So let's get to my conversation with Lainey Schwartz. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Lainey Schwartz, one of my favorite food bloggers. Hi, Lainey. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. We're both in our brunette top knots and just living the best summer life. I'm in my car. You you found a quiet house. I don't know how that's possible over the summer. I My neighbor has been, we've been carpooling for Camp Carpool, so my neighbor's kid also goes. So I was like, can you take them this morning and I'm going to send them down to your house. So I kicked him out and it is quiet in the space, but you should have seen me 60 seconds ago. It was... <laughs> Not pretty. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. At any given moment, you just never know. Well, I'm so excited to be chatting today. We're going to talk about motherhood, food, all the things. But for people that may not know you yet, Lainey, will you give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am Lainey Schwartz. Um, I live in Los Angeles, California. I've been here for, gosh, I think 16 years already. Um, I'm from the East Coast. So excuse me. I'm from Maryland. um, And I grew up in on the East Coast. And then I went to University of Michigan, and then moved out to California. Um, So I've been here for about 16 years. My husband is born and raised here. Um, I met him, obviously, when I moved here. And 16 years later, here we are, we have two girls, um, Zoe, who is 10 and Ava, who is eight. Um, And we have a brand new puppy as well. So I think of that as a third child because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yes. And you blog at Life is But a Dish and it is the most approachable, family friendly, and fun. Fun, lady. You make food <laughs> so fun. And I think that's what's so appealing to so many, including myself. And I just, I love that. I didn't know you went to University of Michigan. My husband went to law school there. And I had two, oh my gosh, two of my, quad. oh, the law quad is uh, like Hogwarts. It's just like so yeah. beautiful. And when we went to visit, so we're Californians as well. And mm-hmm. when we, when we were applying to law schools, I say we, when he was, but I, you know, we, we were, we were paired up then. So we, yes. we went to law school. Um, I'm like, I'll go anywhere but Michigan. Like who wants to go to Michigan? Like the vision right. I had in my head was not at all 
what we walked into in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And his eyes teared up and he's like, this is the place. Like, and I could not agree more. And I worked in admissions at Ross School of Business for a few years. Oh, yeah. Had two of my kids at U of M and oh my God, just, we love Ann Arbor. It is really a special place. And, and you don't really know until you've been there, until you've really lived it. It's just, it's so special. Yeah, it's not what you think of when maybe you think mm-hmm. of like, you know, I thought of Detroit as what Michigan right. is, and it's simply not true. That is yeah. so awesome. So your oldest is 10. I have a 10-year-old as well, and I have all boys, though. So tell me about your motherhood journey. Tell me about what it was like becoming a mom. What did you envision for your family, and what were those early days of motherhood 10 years ago like for you? Oh, man. So different. Um, let's see. I always, I always wanted to be a mom since I was a little kid. I've always loved kids. I always worked with kids. Um, I definitely thought that I would be a boy mom. So I was like, I mean, it's funny that growing up you think, okay, I'm going to have three boys. Like we have any sort of control. over <laughs> So I had planned out my whole life. I was like, I'm going to have three boys, no girls. I don't know what to do with girls. Um, I had two girls. That's naturally how it works. Uh, I wouldn't change it. I love it so much. Um, And I really didn't know what to expect. I think nobody can prepare you for motherhood as much as people try. Um, And it was also so different back then. There wasn't this overload of information. You know, social media was not a thing. Um, And actually, I'm kind of glad because I think it... (laughs) I don't know what it would be like to be a new mom right now, but it, it was hard enough as it was without all the information. Um, so, you know, for me, and every mom is different, but the newborn stage for me was not my favorite. Um, I had a really hard time. Um, and I think all, I think what happened to me as a mom, I'm type A and, you know, definitely a control freak a little bit. And, and that just kind of was amplified when I had a baby. Um, so just some of those anxieties and things kind of came out a little bit more. And, um, I had some really great mom mentors locally, some family friends who I could lean on, but it was, it was a hard transition for me. Um, I had a hard time breastfeeding and I didn't expect that. I just thought everyone just breastfed their baby and didn't have any problems. Um, so that was a huge, uh, it was a big emotional weight for me. Um, and then you know, and then you, I got pregnant with my second with Ava and I, I kind of went through this whole, how could I possibly love another child as much as I love my first one? Um, there's no more room in my heart. And my sister-in-law always, she has three and she was like, there's, there's just room, there's room for more, there's room for more. And she was right. Um, and so it's been a beautiful and challenging and, um, scary journey, I would say. I mean, it's, it's not all rainbows and and sunshine, like it sometimes looks like on Instagram. Um, My girls are great. And it's, for the most part, I think we've had a really, you know, I don't want to say easy journey, but even the easy ones are hard. It's it's a lot. Especially these last few years. (laughs) Oh, certainly, certainly. I mean, school age kids last few years has has tried us all. And I think the rub Laney is that when you do grow up thinking, I want to be a mom, it's going to be so amazing. And then when there's the rub of, yes, I love these little beings and it is so amazing. And it's so hard. And maybe I don't feel totally connected to my infant. Maybe Mm -hmm. I 
I'm doing the best I can and I've read the parenting books and I'm doing this and they're not doing what they, the parenting books that they would do next. Right. And so it's that rub of wanting to be grateful. And then also sometimes feeling like, who am I? And, and, yeah. and am I, am I any good at this? Yeah, absolutely. And also the, the isolation of it all, it's just, it, it's really hard. And it, and it truly is something that you can't even prepare your friend. You really can't prepare anybody. You have to just experience it. And I think, I think just, you know, an important message for all moms. And I think we hear it all the time, but just to know that however it is that you're feeling, whether you love the, the newborn phase, whether you don't know what to do with yourself or you don't really like your baby. Like I remember thinking <clears throat> return to sender. Like I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Um, it's okay. And it's normal. And you don't have to be totally in love with motherhood all of the time. It's okay. Yeah. And, and motherhood has so many different seasons. And I think mm-hmm. for any job, there's going to be certain things in your job where you feel stronger or like there's certain parts are more enjoyable than others. And so there's going to be seasons of motherhood like that too. And so maybe you're not an infant newborn mom, but those teenage years are really where you're stepping into really powerful communication and connection with your kids. And you're like, wow. Like it's taken me a a while, but this is really where I'm thriving. And it's okay to feel like you're enjoying certain stages more than others. This based on your personality and your own life experience and all of those things. Cause nobody likes all the parts of their job all the time. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But there's guilt associated with that because it's tied to little humans. So (laughs) it's a, it's a hard thing. And so has food always been a big part of your life? How did, how did the food thing start to, to come out at at the forefront? So I was an elementary school teacher. So I went to, I got my uh, degree in early in elementary education and I taught first and second grade for many years out here in California. And once I had uh, Zoe, my first, I was kind of torn with, am I going to stay home with her? Am I going to hire someone to, you know, be her nanny, send her to daycare and then go work full time, which just didn't really feel right to me at at the time. Didn't really make sense financially. Um, childcare, especially in California was a lot. Um, and so I got this amazing job actually homeschooling before homeschooling was as big as it is now. Um, for another family, I was homeschooling some twin girls and while Zoe was nine months old, it was part-time. It was the perfect gig. Um, and during that time I was, I've always loved food. I've grown up with food my whole life. My mom is a huge cook. My grandparents, my aunts, um, food is, has always been kind of a central focal point of our family. I really didn't start as much as I loved food. I really didn't cook until I was in college when my mom was no longer cooking for me. And I had to cook for myself. And once I moved into an apartment and had roommates, and that's where I started to experiment. Um, and so when I moved out and I graduated and I moved to California and I met Zach, you know, I just started cooking. I just, I just loved it. And so, yes, it was already a huge part of my life uh, when I got pregnant. <clears throat> I just loved it so much. And I started to, as I was homeschooling these children, I used to... Um, you know, look online. I didn't even know what a blog was, but I would go on the internet because I feel like at that time it was like called just the internet. Um, I don't even know if I use the term like Google this or Google that, but, um, and just like look up ideas for dinner. And I came across um, what I now know as a blog. And I was like, oh, this person is 
making recipes like I am, taking pictures of their food, but their their pictures are beautiful, and my pictures are on Facebook and not. Um, and this is a job? Like, people do this as a job? I don't understand. And I started just looking into it, and I was only at this homeschool gig for one year, so I knew that after that I was going to have to figure something out. And I was like, I want to do that. Mm. I want to I wanna make recipes as my job and post it on the Internet. And so I just, I remember the moment that that happened. Um, and I, and I just, I just decided and I started doing some research and I looked into this whole blog thing. Um, there was no Instagram, no, and it was just Facebook at the time. Um, and when my second, when Ava was born, when I was pregnant with Ava, I decided that I was just going to start, um, kind of creating a backlog. And I just, I just started, I had no real, um, goal in mind other than, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. When Ava was six months old and Zoe was, uh, about two and a half, I was like, now's a good time to do this. I was like, <laughs> what is, what is, I don't know what, what was happening there, but I was like, now's a good time to launch. Okay. So I launched my blog in October of 2014 and have never looked back. And I just kind of gave myself uh, kind of a, I was lucky enough, you know, in talking with my husband that I was home with the girls doing this. I had a little bit of part-time help just so that I could shoot some recipes with a toddler and an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of like, all right, you have two years to see if this can be something. You don't have to be, you know, making X amount of money, but can this be a career? Like, can this turn into something? Give yourself like a two-year timeline. And we're coming up on eight years. So here we are. Isn't that so amazing? And I'm sure you never could have predicted fully what it would turn into. But I know that there's a lot of people listening who are afraid to just try something because they're maybe A, afraid of failing or B, not sure what that picture is going to look like. And so they're kind of unwilling to even step out. I mean, the podcast started the same way. I'm like, I want to hear from like regular moms to hear how they're doing it. And to learn from them and to see how differently we do things, but also how similar our experiences truly are and the emotions and everything. So I Googled, hello, Google, how to start a podcast. And it's not perfect. I know that, but it's good enough and the stories are being shared. And you probably had a lot of trial and error in the beginning. And like you said, you saw these pictures that you felt like were so much better than yours, but yet you just did it. So what would you tell somebody who is afraid to step out into anything? Maybe it's, you know, getting involved at their children's school. Maybe it's starting a blog. Maybe it's going back to school, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Yep. I would say, I mean, it's so cliche and that's so you hear it all the time, but just, just do it. Just make one small step. So even if that, so actually when I started my blog, um, I, I started it with, I have air quotes, you can't see me when you're listening to this, but I started it um, with a high school friend who was across the country, and I was like, let's do this together. Um, she was kind of the sweets, I was the savory, and ultimately she was not able to launch live with me. She's like, I have to go get, I have to go to my other job, and I can't really commit to this full time, but just having someone to do something with you. So if you can find someone who's done it, um, or do something with a friend, whatever it is to kind of have an accountability partner or a buddy that can really help or just making one small step. So like for me, if you have this big idea, you want to start a podcast and that just seems really overwhelming, really breaking rather than 
having on your to-do list, start a podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's break that down into smaller, you know, teeny tiny chunks. So, you know, today on my to-do list is, I don't know, research how to start a podcast. Like, and that's all that you do in that. And then every single step that you take will just build more confidence in whatever it is that you're trying to get to. Yes, exactly. And I mean, you have over 600 recipes now. And it's not about the volume. It's about creating the meals ultimately for your family that you want to serve and everything. And then as an extension, you're really serving those around you as well through that skill set. And so it's kind of looking at, you know, what do I love? What do, what am I doing anyway that I can kind of just invest a little bit more time, a little bit more expertise and, and, and build that out, whether you end up making money or not, it's got to just be so fulfilling. For sure. And that was really what it was. I mean, I started this and it was like, I love cooking. And when I make this, it is so delicious that it makes me want to like scream from the rooftops. And then when I serve (laughs) it to my sister-in-law and my, you know, my brother-in-law and the grandparents, like people are happy and joyful. And I'm like, this, this feels good. How can I share this with the world? So yes, exactly what you said. Uh, Find what you love and what you do well already and just share it and don't have don't have a plan because your plan is not going to unfold the way that you think it's going to. Yeah. And your goal isn't for everyone to have cooking be their thing, but it is to I mean, the title of your course is cook with confidence and to Mm -hmm. feel like you are capable of eating at home. You're capable of gathering people. You're capable of hosting. You're capable of feeding your family at home. Whatever that looks like to you, you're capable of that. And so can you just give me a few basic tips for people listening that are totally stressed out by mealtime? Maybe they're currently not meal planning. Where do you even recommend starting if that is yeah. like something that is, is a struggle right now? Yeah. So I think especially over as social media has become more prevalent and we're, we're seeing behind the scenes of so many people's lives, right? We, we, even more so than before, I know I'm sure people have struggled, struggled with mealtime forever, but I'm just really have been learning how much people struggle with it in the last few years through social media. I mean, that's been the blessing of this. And this is really where, uh, you know, teaching as as much as I love food, teaching is really my passion and really empowering people. And I empowered six-year-olds to learn how to read. I mean, that's what lights me up. And it's no—it's the same exact feeling to empower a mom to put a meal on the table that her family loves. Like, it, it is the same. It sparks that same joy for me. And it's a really powerful tool. And what I've learned is that people don't realize that it's the confidence piece that's holding them back. And again, I keep referring back to these six year olds who don't know how to read. It's, it's just little skills that it's the basic skills that you need to know. Right. So, and once you, if you don't have those basic fundamental skills, you don't have the confidence. So it's all about building that confidence in whatever it is that you do, reading, cooking, learning how to sew. You can't just pick up a, I don't know how to sew, but you can't just pick up a needle and a thread and just start. You have to understand the basics. So it's all about the basics. And um, the way that I really approach cooking is to teach those basics. And you can be someone who, uh, you know, follows a recipe to a T because you're too afraid that if you don't, it's going to fail. Um, And if that's you, that's, 
that's a lack of confidence. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're unable to, you know, switch, switch out ingredients or throw something in or you have to measure every single thing, that's because you either don't understand the skill fully and or there's some people who won't even attempt to even make a recipe. They won't even try. They'll just do takeout or they're they are so afraid of failing of what's going to happen if they do try. So there's a, a, a wide range of lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. And so I started uh, my program, Cook with Confidence, in right before 2020, um, which happened to be perfect timing mm-hmm. because everybody started to cook. And that's really when I learned, wow, there are just so many people who struggle with this. Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in real quick and thank a show sponsor, and that is Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. That's actually hard to find, despite everything we see on the shelves these days. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses of the ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving like. One of my favorites is the Organifi Green Juice with essential superfoods with a clinical dose of ashwagandha and it helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. Or Organifi Red Juice. Give that a try if you want a superfood punch that increases energy without the caffeine and only two grams of sugar. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go. And they don't compromise quality for taste. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods without breaking the bank by going to Organifi.com EEP and use code EEP for 20% off your order. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com backslash EEP and use code EEP for 20% off any item. Give it a try and let me know what your family loves. So the way that we start my course is we start with a kitchen audit. So first and foremost, if you walk into your kitchen and it feels like a stressful place to begin with, if you don't know where everything is, if you have a cabinet full of expired spices or ingredients that you never use, um, pots and pans that you don't use, if you have 25 knives that, that don't work, if it's an overwhelming space, you're going to be overwhelmed. So we start by doing a kitchen audit and just kind of, we're not perfect organizers here. It doesn't have to be perfect, but we want to strip away all the unnecessary things. And I can really help you kind of walk through that. I have resources and things just to give you the like a basic pantry list. Or here's just a few pots and pans that you might need to just get you through. You can do everything with one knife. You don't need a block of 15, 20 different knives. You don't need all of this stuff. You don't need 20 different spices. You really can make delicious food with just the basics. So that's really a good place to start. Yeah, that is that is so good. And if you find that you're always using the same one pan and one pot, it's like those other things that are making it impossible for you to open up your, <laughs> your shelves and, and everything's cluttered and falling out every time. Why? Why? Yeah. Like, why are we why? so afraid to make changes to the things that aren't working for us? Yeah. I, I, I fall into that camp often in different parts of my life as well, but just clean that out today or clean. sign up for the course and like pair with you to help you to, to audit that. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. It makes a really big difference. And it's kind of like, oh, I actually 
know what to do with these things now as opposed to just walking in and, and throwing your hands up and being like, I can't even deal with this. We're ordering takeout. Yeah. So I really do love meal planning, Lainey. And mm-hmm. the thing that I kind of vacillate between is what sounds good versus what I have ingredients for at home and that I want to like base stuff off of. And so sometimes I'm inspired by like, oh, I have this, you know, these, this fresh produce that, you know, only has a day or two left. So I'm going to make sure I use that in a recipe coming up so I don't waste it. But then sometimes it's like, well, that doesn't sound good. And this does sound good, but I have to go to the store and get all new (laughs) ingredients. So how, how do you plan? Is it one thing or the other? How much kind of shelf cooking do you do versus you know, how do you approach meal planning? Yeah. So I think meal planning is so different for everybody. There's some people who write down exactly the recipes they're going to make each week. And if that works for you, a hundred percent, go ahead and do that. I've never been that person. I'm always the type of person who can never knows what they want to eat until I'm in the moment. And there's no way that I could know what I'm going to have for dinner on Friday and plan that out on Monday. Really? Oh my gosh, I could never. I that don't even know how people do That shocks me. <laughs> no. Oh, tell me more. Okay, keep going. <laughs> tell me. So so what do you do? Because that's when people do take out, Lainey. When they don't right. plan ahead, they're like, oh, well, it's too late. I'm going to just go grab something. Okay, yes. so if so, you, you don't fall into that. So how do you do it? So you're probably not going to like it because I don't, it, I don't know that it's, I don't know that I can honestly teach it. I would say that, again, it goes back to just being confident and throwing things together is why I'm able to do it so easily. But the way that I do it is I go to the grocery store or the farmer's market once a week. I go to the beginning of the week, either Sunday or Monday, and I see what looks good. I see what looks good. Um, I see what's in season. I see what excites me. And I grab a bunch of produce. I grab – I'm also a creature of habit. So I make a, a, a lot of similar things. Um, and so I always have, I always have a stocked pantry. I always have, you know, I always use white rice. I always have pasta, you know, lasagna noodles, lentils, like things that I know that I use all the time. I'm always stocked there. So I never really have to worry about, you know, buying extra things for my pantry. It's really more about the produce and the meats for me. So I also always have a stocked freezer, um, of chicken, fish, uh, beef, things that, you know, ground turkey, things that we always use. And so I always have that. So it's really mostly about the produce. And then when I decide what's for dinner, I'm not saying this is the way to go because oftentimes it can be stressful if it's like three o'clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's for dinner? Um, but I know that I have protein in the freezer. I have, um, you know, stuff in my pantry to make pasta or rice or whatever. And then I have the produce that looks good for me that week. What can I pull together? Mm-hmm. And yes, there are times where like, we'll you know, we'll often do like a burger night or a taco night that I know everybody loves. Um, or I make my no fuss lasagna, like things that are go to and easy. But I can always make any sort of sheet pan dinner if I happen to have potatoes and you know, this, this produce or this, there's, there's so much that you can do. If you are comfortable with just throwing things together where you don't have to plan ahead. But again, that doesn't work for everyone. And, and that's okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a great approach. And when you have that foundation already in your pantry, in your freezer, in your fridge, and you have the right basics, you can easily build from, from there what does sound good in that moment. And 
um, I, yeah, I think there's just so many different ways to do it. And I think it gives people permission to, to operate in a lot yeah. of different ways, which I think is really, really wonderful. And something I think that makes you stand apart from other food bloggers that I follow is the joy that you get from the process. And there's something about cooking and food that it really just brings you into the moment. And I, and I get that sense from a lot of aspects of your life that you've been willing to share online, like from going to the farmer's market and bringing home the pickled vegetables that you're like, these are the best thing ever. And you're just like loving your life in that moment through a pickle. And you're just like, is that possible? But you're proving to us that yes, you can get that joy from a pickle and no matter what else is going, and you've also shared really hard things that have gone on in your life, but there's moments of that pure presence and joy. How do you seek out those moments and how do you not let them just kind of pass you by? Have you always been like that? You know, it's interesting that you bring that up and I appreciate you saying that because I feel like it's so interesting that it comes across that way because I think that I'm so happy that you feel that because I didn't, oh, I don't always think of it that way. Like I didn't really notice that. So mm-hmm. that's like a, that's a really nice thing to hear. Um, and I have heard that before where people are like, you just get so excited about food and it gets me excited. Even showing like my grocery haul. I'm like, Oh, this new snack. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's exciting for me. I don't know why it just is. Yes. And, and then it leads to dancing and it leads, and yeah. then it, it just, joy has a trickle effect and gratitude has a trickle effect. And I feel like it starts with a very small nugget of gratitude and appreciation for a life, for a food, for whatever. And then it just ripples. And then suddenly you're dancing with your kids. And it's like, so many people probably look at that and think, I would love to have that life, but anybody can have that life. For sure. And I, I really do believe, you know, it's not, my food is not, my food, the food that I make is very simple. I don't do anything crazy. I don't use crazy ingredients, but there is a really big difference between something that just like tastes good and something that tastes really good. And I'm not, I don't have a super refined palate, nothing crazy here. I'm not a food critic, but even dishes that I make, I could be making, for example, a pasta sauce. And as I'm making it, I'm seasoning it. And like, it tastes fine. You know, you taste it, it tastes fine. But there's, it's not that wow factor, or like you're talking about that, that pure joy when you taste it that makes you're you like, I like, got it, yeah, and dance. <laughs> and it really is about again understanding. Okay, does what is what is missing from this? Mm. That's like if it. I always say to my students in Cook with Confidence, if you're if you taste your food and it doesn't make you want to jump for joy and like share this with everybody, it's missing something. So mm. what is it missing? Is it salt? Is it acid? Is it whatever? Is it a little bit of fat? And it's usually just a pinch of this or a pinch of that that takes it to that next level. And there's something there's something about that if you can understand that rather than just kind of settling for like, okay, I made this sauce and it's not totally right. Like there's something missing, but I'm just going to stop here. No, but keep going a little bit further because the second it's addicting. The second Mm. that your child or your husband or wife or partner, whoever it is, or friend tastes that and they're like, wow, what is that? You're going to be like, it's a drug. Truly, it's a drug. (laughs) You're like, I need, I need to do more of that. I, I, you feel appreciated and loved. And I don't know that at least for me, it's extremely fulfilling. Um, 
like I made homemade ice cream, which I'm about to share a reel on that, but it's so, so easy without a, without a machine or anything. It's amazing. Amazing. I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) It is next level, mind blowingly delicious. And we had it last night for dessert. And my girls, when they took a bite of that ice cream, Ava closes her eyes and she's like, mommy, this is so good. And it's like, yes, I nailed it. It's, I mean, it's ice cream, so of course, yeah. but it's something, there's something different about it. They see the work that you put into it. You know, when they say they're old enough now where occasionally they'll say, thank you for making dinner. Like, mm. it's just, it's just nice. It is. Um, <clears throat> and it's not, you know, I'm not here to say that we need to be cooking seven days a week because I definitely don't. And in fact, I don't encourage it. <clears throat> Burnout is real. Uh, we have so much going on. The world is a crazy place and we do need breaks. And so, you know, give your, like, definitely go out to dinner, order takeout, order pizza, make macaroni and cheese, make chicken nuggets. Like that is going to be part of our cycle. But if you want to want to cook, I'm here to help you do that. Yeah. Well, I think the question that you asked, like what's missing can be applied to so many different things in our life. Mm -hmm. And I think we get in these ruts And I think we think the grass is greener or somebody else is doing it better or whatever. But it's like, it boils down to like, what is missing in our own life? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just a little bit of this or a little bit of that that can make all the difference. And sometimes we're just not as far from peace or joy or fill in the blank than we feel like we are. Sometimes we feel so far from that feeling and gratitude and, and I mean, it can just, it can just root you so much. Another person yeah. in your cast of characters that you share online is your mom. Can we talk about your mom for just a quick sec? Oh my God. She's going to die. Obs- yes. Obsessed. Can I have her on the podcast too? I am obsessed with your mom. She would be so nervous. She would not know what to do with her. That's ridiculous. Well, plant the seed, Lainey, plant the seed and we'll, and we'll circle back. I maybe we can love do, your mom. I mean, she would never come alone. She'd be so nervous. Come maybe with her. I could bring her on together. Come with her. Come with her. Oh, I'm obsessed God. with your mom. She is perpetually snacking. You're constantly yes. finding her somewhere in the house snacking. And the laugh, the joy. <laughs> and talk about appreciating the moment. I see where you get it. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's, no, it's no wonder that the joy that you get from small things comes from your mother I would assume yeah my mom the whole family we go on these family trips yeah I mean we are our, our, our yearly beach trip which is coming you're up the luckiest amazing we're all we're already texting about dinner plans like we're we're three weeks ahead on what we're having for dinner in three weeks yeah. like we are so excited to just be eating together and be around people who love it as much as we do yeah how what did your mom do or how does your family cultivate that connection and that really deep love and bond with each other is there something that was deliberate or or what's the culture like there I don't think it's something deliberate I mean again I come from a long line of really good cooks and so you know her mom and her mom's mom everyone was was always just cooking and so we all just thank goodness, love food. I mean, I have friends who food is just not a thing for them. They don't really always remember to eat or like, they just don't care about it as much as I do. It's a deal breaker for me. I I can't have a conversation (laughs) with you. (laughs) Um, 
you know, my husband's the same way. He loves food. I mean, we can just go out to dinner and we are just loving the food. I don't know that that is something that happened on purpose. We just, we just love it. And when we get together to eat a meal, I mean, trust me, my family is far from perfect. Like every family it is, we could have a whole nother podcast on that, but um, food has really been the one constant that continues to bring us together and that we all just appreciate. We can all sit around the table, even if we're sitting around the table and fighting or being passive aggressive or whatever yeah. it is, we're, yeah. that is the one foundation that kind of holds us all together and that we all love. And I don't know, we just, yeah. we just love food. Yeah. Love it. Oh, I love it so much. And, and I think it is such a unifier and I'm a big proponent of family dinners and gathering and no matter mm -hmm. what is on your table, it can be a box of mac and cheese. It can, yeah. it can be takeout. It can be something that you worked really hard on yeah. that gathering and that sense of stability and an expectation that our kids grow to have at the end of the day that they know they're going to be gathered with mom and dad and they're going to be heard and there's going to be laughter and there could be tears and they're safe and, and they're welcome and anybody's yeah. welcome. I, I yeah. think that is so, so important. Can we talk about, since you are raising girls and, <clears throat> and I think it's just as important if you're raising boys as well, the idea of food and body image, it can get really messy. Yeah. And to want to enjoy food, but then have the rub of like, can I have this and, or yeah. how do I speak about food? Tell me about your relationship with food and, and how you want to communicate about it to your, to your kids, especially. Yeah, it is a real tough one. I mean, that is, it's a yikes sort mm -hmm. of topic. And I love these yikes topics because I, I, I enjoy, we're so, I'm so open with my girls Zach and I both are. So even with the hard conversations, I don't always know what the right thing to say is, but <clears throat> when a question comes up and actually this came up yesterday, I'll say whatever it is that I say, and maybe I'll go, you know, do some research or talk to someone who I trust who has a better answer and come back and visit. So if, if something comes up and you don't know what to say, say whatever feels right. You can always go back to your child and, you know, quote, correct it or add something to it. <clears throat> but for me personally, I feel really lucky that I've never had, uh, I don't think, other than just being obsessed with food, but I don't feel like <laughs> I've had a negative, a negative relationship <clears throat> with food. Um, I've never, you know, restricted myself. I've always eaten everything. Um, and I think that a lot of that is just by example, right? My mom was the same way. Now, I don't know that her habits are necessarily you know, she's always been a healthy eater, but she eats all the time. She eats, she'll eat a whole loaf of bread or she'll eat this. But we always had healthy food. And I don't, I don't like to use the word healthy even, um, but a wide, a wide variety. Yeah. We had cookies and cake. We had ice cream, but we had fruits and vegetables and fresh cooked meals and um, all of that. So I, I've, I've never really struggled myself with a relationship with food. And I think um, I, I don't. I don't have any like necessarily tips on like why I just feel really lucky that that's the case because mm -hmm. then the example that I am able to show to my girls is just, we just, we just eat things and they understand we do talk about food and they, you know, personally, if I have a, a thing of Oreos in my house, I'm going to eat the whole thing of Oreos. I know that about myself. I have no self-control. I love food so much. If I have a 
the thing of ice cream that I made for the blog the other day, like I will be eating that until it's gone. Maybe that's not so healthy, but you know, I know myself and I know my limits and I also allow myself to enjoy these things and I don't feel any guilt. I also genuinely, as much as I love food, I genuinely, genuinely love to work out and move my body, not in an obsessive way. It's my therapy. It makes me feel good. So my children see me have a balance of going on walks or lifting weights. And, um, I played soccer my whole life, you know, just being active. So they see the, the importance of activity and the freedom to eat whatever foods that we want. Um, when it comes about talking about food specifically, they hear often in school or wherever it is that they're learning, this is a healthy food, this is not. This is a good food, this is not. And I'm just constantly kind of correcting that. And we talk about how some foods, every food has different jobs, right? So they all do different things for our bodies. And some foods, you know, have more nutrients in them than others. And so they give us this type of energy or they give us these sorts of vitamins. Whereas this food really, you know, tastes really good and it's fun, but doesn't necessarily give us energy or doesn't, or long-term energy and doesn't necessarily help our immune system or things like that. So it's more just like understanding different types of food, not as good or, or bad, but what their role is. And I think if you can view it that way, it just helps them to understand it a little bit more because really that's all that it is. It's, it's not good or bad. It's here's what this food does for me and here's what this food doesn't do for me. Mm. And for some people, if you eat this donut, for some people, if you have a gluten sensitivity or whatever it is, that might make you feel physically worse than, you know, I can eat a donut. And I actually don't like donuts, but I could eat a bowl of ice cream would feel totally fine. Whereas somebody who has a lactose intolerant, you know, might feel really badly um, physically. So just understanding how your body reacts to foods, you know, starting to pay attention to that and just knowing, okay, I'm about to go play a soccer game, you know, on Saturday, do what food is going to really help fuel my body. Yeah. That's it. I've never heard of it that way. Like they have different jobs. I love yeah. that language. And that's something you can really use early on yes. with your kids from a very young age. And I think that is a perfect way of helping them to create a visual in their mind of if I'm only eating the, the foods that don't give me energy, how could I possibly have energy for my soccer game? Exactly. So, so we need to make a, a good energy choice before the soccer game. So I think that is such such great language around it. And you have to do the language that, that works for your family. But I think, A, you're really fortunate to have had, you know, good food role models growing up and have, have that positive connotation and to not struggle in that way. Um, but then also thinking through how you want to communicate that to your kids. And it's not only what we say to them, but it's what we show them. And sure. so I think that modeling that you're doing is, is really important. And I think it's just as important for raising daughters as it is for raising sons. Yeah. Really. And I think we underestimate that a lot. And I have, I'm raising four soccer players myself, Lainey. And, yes. and we talk a lot about fitness and health and wellness and food ties into that just as much as the way that they're using their body. And I think it's really important yeah. from a young age to develop those healthy conversations and healthy language around it. So good. Absolutely. Lainey, this is so wonderful. Literally plant the seed with your mom. You're welcome back with her anytime. I think that would be such a fun conversation. And 
I just am so grateful to you for your approach that you share online. You're such a light. When you come across my feed, you're just one of the ones that I do not skip through. And I would, I would just omit this if it weren't true, really and truly. (laughs) You have such a light about you. Your whole family does. And I'm just so grateful for just the presence you have online and for as you know, mixed messaging as your as people get in social media these days and the way it makes us feel, I want to tell you that you make people feel really, really good. And you're giving people oh. such positive tools to not only cook with confidence, but to bring their family together, which is a real priority of mine. Oh, thank you so much. That yeah. really means a lot. You just really made my whole day. Oh. I, I needed to hear it. So oh. I appreciate that. You're thank so you. welcome. Well, where can people find you online if they want to know more? Yes. Um, so my website with all my recipes is lifeisbetadish.com. So you can find me there. And then on social media, on Instagram, life is but a dish. And um, on TikTok, life is but a dish. It's, it's new. TikTok is new, but it's growing. And I actually made a um, separate, a private page just for your listeners. Mm. Um, so it's going to, and I'll send that over. You can add it maybe to the show notes or something. Um, but it has lifeisbetadish.com slash extraordinary moms. I think that's the link. Well, yes. I'll send it to you. Fabulous. And I'm offering your listeners $100 off of Cook With Confidence if they want. There's a code in there. Um, and just information, some of my top recipes, if they just want to try some new things that are really easy and approachable. Um, so we'll send that over and you can send it to your people. Thank you. I had no yeah. idea. That is so kind <laughs> of you. That is so, so amazing. Thank you so much, Lainey. Yeah, I always welcome. ask my guests one final question, and yes. it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Mm, That is such a good question. I think really just trusting your gut. Mm. You know, I've really learned to trust my gut and just do to, to block out just like in any journey, entrepreneurial journey, motherhood, like block out all the noise as best as you can have your few people that you really trust, but really just go with your gut because mom knows best and, you know, we're going to make mistakes and, but truly we, we know, we know what to do. And so I think just trusting your gut and trusting yourself and just knowing that you'll make the best possible choices for yourself and your family. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Lainey, for taking the time this morning. It's been so fun getting to chat with you. I feel like since I've been following you for years that it's just two friends chatting this morning. I'm so grateful for that. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was such a treat having Lainey on, getting to chat with her. And if you follow her, she loves a good farmer's market. And wouldn't it be so fun to meet up with you, Lainey, at a farmer's market? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Another thing she talks about is being a regular at a restaurant and that feeling of a waiter or the host greeting you and then knowing your order or seating you in the same spot. She's like just the thrill that comes from being a regular. She's just all of us, right? She's just one of us figuring it out and she is sharing her passion for food so beautifully online and I hope you'll follow along. Everywhere that you can find her is linked at extraordinarymomspodcast.com including Cooking with Confidence and we're so grateful for that discount as well. That was so nice, Lainey. Thanks for tuning in today. If you don't already follow me, you can do that at jessicadawkwas3 and I'm grateful for all of you. I hope you have a great week and we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.